This is Old Man Rolling Dice. Good afternoon. This is Jason from Old Men Rolling Dice. I'm here uh, continuing a discussion with three local dungeon masters: Dungeon Master Jeremy, Dungeon Master Colleen, and Don Dungeon Master Jonathan. Stuttered on that. Um, we've uh, been discussing the social interactions in fantasy role-playing games, and we're here to discuss the PvP social interactions, player versus player, or player interacting with player, utilizing dice or standard role-playing. Can I intimidate Jeremy's character? Can I roll insight on Jeremy's character? And just to frame this, we do understand, like, the official word sort of from Jeremy Crawford is that persuasion, deception, intimidation were not meant to be used against player characters. But he doesn't go so far as to say... Don't do it. Don't do it. But the rules were not meant to be used that way. I don't think any of the rules were meant for player versus player. Like, if you look at the game, it's not it's not bounced or classes are players exactly. in any classes way, shape, or form. No, no, for sure. So I know that in my games, I do not allow this. And I know in John and Colleen's games that you guys do, on occasion, utilize this. Maybe if, you, if one of you wants to tell us why you do that or how you use it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that like insight checks have been used before to see if another player is lying. I, I use it because in certain situations, I believe it's uh, essential to determine what's going on with the role. But again, it's all, it's all very, very contextual. And I know I've actually made mistakes with it um, before uh, when, I was, when I first started DMing at the bench. Uh, so you have to be very careful because the essential thing that you have to keep in mind, uh, and I think actually I, I looked up the Jeremy Crawford uh, quote, is that the player should be in charge of how their character reacts to a situation, right? Because that's not for the DM to decide. But there are situations that you come up against with, for example, a character lying, uh, a character lying to another character. Unless you're running a game where you take people away from the table to give them secretive information, at some point in time, people at the table are going to know information that their characters do not know. Yeah, they're going to know when the player across from them is actually lying. Exactly. We all back in the day when I played, but even a, like a split party, people had to leave the room. Yeah. If a, a party was split, you went down the hall. Yeah. So you you had none of that context. I never I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Which which um I would love to run a game that way, but I run in uh run at the devil's bench where there's not enough space to go aside, and if there was, we we've got two two people playing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you can drag them in the bathroom. <laughs> I've done that. I don't know if you see me, but I've dragged. A couple times. I've if, dragged them in there. And if it's really important, I will I will take people aside. But um, because people are paying to be there, I don't want to slow down the game to do that. I'd rather uh, just keep going. And so it depends on the group of players you have. Again, if you're playing with a close group of friends and my character lies to your character, I, I think that, like, actually playing with you, Jeremy, I think I would trust you to make your judgment on whether or not your character could tell that I, that, that my character was lying. 
I can say from DMing for a number of players, I would not trust everyone's judgment on that because there's a good chunk of players um, either because they don't fully So understand. you're using the dice roll to mitigate metagaming. Yes, to a certain extent, and to determine things. So, for example, if someone lies to another, uh, another player, I will have them roll a, de a deception check and the other player roll an insight. If the insight's higher, I'll say, you know that they're lying to you. The example I saw online was that someone had said that they they had lost that exact same role, and the dungeon master had said to the person, now you have to tell the person the truth. And that I disagree with, mm. because an insight check won't tell you what a person lying is. It's, it's your ability to read someone. And if you... Uh, but what if it's not cut and dry? So if the one character goes, I want to know if he's lying... That's cut and dry. You can say yes or no to. There's a yes or no answer. Yeah. Like, I don't feel you don't feel comfortable with the information he's yeah. giving you. Something yeah. feels off to you. But what if it's not like that? What if What if the question is not are they lying? The yeah. question is what? like, do I get the impression that blah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or so in our game, with mm -hmm. the Nate example that mm -hmm. we talked about previously, Nate found an item and pocketed it. The question was, what is that? And Nate chose not to say what it is, which again, I'm fine with. But then the question was, you know, well, what is it? What, what was it? What is it? And, oh, it was nothing. It was nothing. And at which point I think that's when yeah. the response was, can I insight check that? And I allowed it because I had seen you guys play with it at your tables. And I was like, well, let's give this a try. And the insight check was good. It was high. And the character that the insight check was being done at still didn't want to give up any information. Yeah. Because I think he's a bit of an old school player like myself, and that's just, you don't play that way. Mm -hmm. In his, you know, in his own games, that's probably not something that he does. And I, as a DM, interjected and added, because of the insight check, I think I said, you think the item obviously has some value more than just a trinket. And actually, in, in terms of giving insight, aha, into that moment, it was partially to disambiguate the metagame because... I felt that there was a good chance that my character, mm -hmm. from his body, like if somebody goes, oh, nothing, nothing, I don't care who you are, you know that something's up. Sure. So I, I wanted to gameplay, contextualize my Colleen's and the character's understanding, plus the fact that the previous, in, in, in the rest of that session, it had been established that they knew each other fairly well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I basically wanted to. Remove ambiguous uh, ambiguity in terms of metagaming because I could have decided for myself. Okay, I believe him and put it out of my mind, but I also wanted to be not a green human as my DM instructed, and I felt that having that conflict of not a green human evils. should be explained. But we're playing a goblin campaign, yes, <laughs> and we're trying not to just play as I described it, green humans. We yeah. we want to have characters that are. Goblins or hobgoblins. Yeah. So, yeah. And if in, in, in my book, if a goblin pockets something within the sight of another goblin, there is no way they're dropping that issue. <laughs> and especially with with my character being a leader in the in the tribe, right? So that, that that and I don't want to dwell on just that situation, but I feel like they're the dice roll. If the character is just if the character is trying to use the dice roll to give them the player is trying to use the dice roll to give themselves direction. Mm. which I think is what was happening in this case. 
and I know that it's happened in your homebrew game, that I think our character, who is the Eladrin. Uh, Rithia's player, and I don't want to use her name, but Rithia's player will occasionally ask for insight checks and things like that, almost to help her decide, in my opinion, which way her character is going to go. Mm. She can see road A, and road, B, road A and road B on how to react to this. She doesn't. She either chooses not to make the choice, which is fine. I, I, I've known lots of players in my time that literally sit with a dice in front of them, and when they can't decide what to do, they just roll a dice. Sure. And they, they, they come up with some number in their head that's like, if it's this, I'm going to go left. If it's this, I'm going to go right, or whatever the case is. So if characters are using it just for that purpose, then my I would say, like just if you want to decide whether you think he's lying or not, just roll a dice for yourself and just decide. Mm-hmm. As a PvP. As opposed to making a deception insight roll-off. And I think that... Uh, because I think it's relatively harmless with insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Insight, I would almost always allow, depending on the players. But intimidation, I would be very, very wary of. And persuasion also, but not quite as much as intimidation. Intimidation seems like the gateway to the most toxic play. Of opportunity of the... Persuasion thing. could be too. It could be. But because like, they're both... They're both use. They're both trying to end at the same place. They're trying yes. to change the opponent. That's true. They're actually. It's like it's like it's a carrot of the stick. One is using soft skills, and one is using hard skills. Yeah. Um, and at that point in time, it's trying to change what another player is yes. doing. Right. They're taking away my ability to play the character I want to play. Yeah. Just finding out information. Yeah. That's yeah. sort of a step in the right direction or that, that direction. But the yeah. but the you you have to right. or else. The difference is between a, being a PC and an NPC. Yes. I want to be able to be. Well, no, that's not what my character would do. Yes. And I would never be bullied like that. And yes. the fact that you just rolled a, a nat 20 isn't going to change how... I, I've seen this work in reverse, though. I have seen a player, someone go, like, someone role play up a very intimidating stance in the group. And another player has asked that player, roll your intimidation. And, and then the player plays off of whatever that role was. As how their character is going to react, but he still got to make that choice. Yes, he got yeah. to make the choice. But again, it comes back to I feel like they're that this these social skills in the player versus player realm is being are being used simply because the character is like, hmm, I have path A and path B, and it doesn't really matter to me which one I go down. I I kind of like where both could go, so I need a roll to sort of push me in a direction. Just roll a dice. Oh, like, odds I'm going this way, evens I'm going another. It doesn't so much have to be the intimidation. Because if you... I think the danger of allowing the insight check to occur regularly, and you can disagree with me on this, but the, the is that you leave the door open for, like, now I want to intimidate person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go down the left tunnel. I want to go down the right tunnel. In our game, Gibbon mm-hmm. is a big, sort of an overpowering bugbear. So, and he has probably a very high intimidation check. So if he didn't want to go left, should I allow him to make an intimidation check on the party to tell the party we're going right, guys? For that, I would say no. My main mistake using social roles was actually with intimidation, and that that's uh, my my view was on this has actually largely been shaped by that. Um, I had two players. I I forget what the disagreement was about. It was um, something really important, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it was something about one of the characters tr- was collecting was given a list of items to collect for uh, for a patron, 
and another player was like suspicious of Oh yeah, that's right. She was asking for the other character's blood because the, she was supposed to get vials of blood from oh, various I races. Situation, yes, yes. All right, and and she uh, she ended up rolling to intimidate this uh, this person to try and alter what his his decision would be, and she won the intimidation roll. And I didn't force him to uh, give her the blood, uh, the blood, but I I, I was like. She she's really intimidating. So like you would back down from from the argument that you're trying to make because he was he was trying to get out of her what she needed this blood for, mm-hmm. and I could tell from the player's reaction that that was the bad uh, a bad decision. And I think I ended up talking about it to him uh, later at one point in time and ad- admitting that I think that's important as a DM oh, is like if you make a mistake, admit it. Never. Be- <laughs> 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 it went yeah. exactly They're the way I wanted it to. But so it's it, it it was really challenging. But after that experience, I started looking at again these social skills really closely. I'm like, yeah, they they shouldn't be able to be used to determine how you're going to react to someone. This is one of those situations that I I would like to see that player literally try to role play intimidation <laughs> on the other character. Like that's fine if you want. Yeah. To convince them, and you're going to choose to be about it. Convince them without the dice. Yeah. Be intimidating. I think if you want to have that as part of your game, and like, okay, this is going to be how our characters interact. You, you have that in Session Zero. You establish it and be yeah. like, it's yes. going to be like a little thing we do. We're going to be like Rocket and Groot, and we're going to be, we're going to play this little game yeah. back and forth. I have no problem. We were in a campaign one time, I was playing a part, and I was... Begging somebody, the paladin group, like, I want to be like your manservant, basically. Mm-hmm. I want to follow you around and sing songs for you. And I would have no problem in that situation. He's like, well, I'm going to boss you around. I'd be like, that's that's fine. That's the kind of character I want to be in this. I think it's going to be funny. As long as both parties agree to it. Consent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I, all about consent. But if yeah. I, once again, my main factor is if I lose the ability to make character choices, then it's not necessarily yeah. for me to be there. I can just drop off my sheet, come back later on and pick it up, right? Yeah. Check, check the stats on it and go, right? If yeah, I'm not getting to make the choices anyway. And the other thing that'll do is if players... I've had players want the roles to determine who, who's... Like Jerry. Who's, but that's... Yeah. yeah as long again, as you're into it, that's fantastic. And that's what I say. If this is what both of you but want, the problem with go that, for it. The problem with that is, is that when the player goes, can I get an intimidation check from you? Right? And player... I, I'm pointing to my left. Obviously, we're on the mic and nobody can see that but another player at the table witnesses that and then down the road decides oh I want to intimidate that guy so then asks for an intimidation like do you see what I mean no I'm not seeing this it does it opens the door to the inexperienced player then thinks intimidation checks are okay to be thrown at each other Mm. back about training your players and creating sure sure but if you just have a rule that look those roles can't be done. If you want to be intimidating to, you know, if John wants to intimidate Colleen, then John, you're going to have to role play to Colleen. And if she... Rah. Yeah, exactly. If she's, if she's up to being intimidated in this situation... If you have a player who wants that randomness, right? You were talking about the person who doesn't know if they go left or right. If they're like, I don't know how I'm going to react. I would love to have this random factor so that I can improv to it, so that I can kind of make that Riff become part... Right, okay. Oh, but I'm terrified. Right. Um, I yeah. I the, the interesting thing is I largely agree with you, but it comes back to the group of players that you're playing. With. Yes, 
if if, if you're if you're if if that player is trying to find any way they can to to game the system or get a leverage on people, you're gonna have a bad time regardless of what rule you are gonna play with. Well, certainly, if they're trying to use their intimidation to yeah. essentially control the entire table, yeah. then that's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the biggest problem is. But um, don't you cannot can so originally I said insight is generally harmless, but can insight not also be used in that way? Can insight not yes, also can. be used to sort of, if you sort of know the inner workings of your fellow party members through insight, can you not control the table again and then all of a sudden? Well, yes, A, but I, th- I think that the, the type of player we're talking about, the more toxic player, which there are toxic players and non-toxic, it, it's, it's a spectrum. The more on that end, I'm not sure they would be like that it's more of an in the moment i just want to force you to do that so, so they're not going to make a make a make a black in, book in colleen's game i play kairos and he's a dragonborn and he's evil a piece of work he's, and it's delightful every he's single evil. time and whatever your whatever your opinion of playing an evil character is i mean i asked colleen to play an evil character only to try to sort of test out my chops and see if i could play an evil character that still worked with the group but was Strictly there to accomplish his own goals. And then it turned out that every single other person, with a couple of exceptions, was the same apparently. <laughs> it is funny how that's turned out. I know. That, that sort of evilness has... That evilness as a selfishness has leaked through the group, and that's what they're all doing. So, if someone rolled insight on Kairos, I would not want to give up anything. No. They've seen enough of my gameplay. You decide what Kairos... Like I would, I would be bothered if an insight check gave away Kairos's hand. Essentially, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Because there are certain Kairos might not points. be very good at deception. No, probably so, not. So, so I think he is decent because he's a warlock. But if technically decent, yes, technically, he so he might be okay at deception. But there's always that chance that the person's going to drop a twenty. Yeah, because there are certain leverage points that could really open it up for somebody who, especially a player who thought in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like I feel like I'm willing to give you my players. They already have a fair bit of information, and this is what I was going to get wanted to talk about with the meta knowledge and like, can insight be used to sort of curb the meta knowledge? I love my players at the table knowing everything about the other players. The less secrets, the better. It, I want characters to have secrets, but I want everybody to know what the secret is out of character. Because then they can build a better story for me by riffing off the fact that like he's not allowed to go to this area of town. So if somehow we can push the story into that area of town, the, the, there are going to be some very interesting... Yeah situations arise. The players will be like, ooh, but the characters will be like, what are you talking about? I just want to go get ice cream. So I would much rather the characters just role play, having all that meta knowledge and being able to then uh, craft a... They become part of the story crafter, right? It's not just the DM. Because they know they're privy to the information that even I as a DM knows. Some secrets I like because there's always that aha moment that you can release on the party where it's like, ah, that's why he's been acting that way. And that can be a lot of fun. But I also think that if the party knows the secret, then they can have fun with it too. Absolutely. And high level like play in terms of experience, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would always want that. But not everybody is 
able, willing, and there's different degrees of, of ability. I come from a, the Roman background. Um, um, you know, I was thinking like a, a younger person, like my sister, for example, she also comes from a Roman background. She knows how to keep that dual layer. But I also know players who would be like, uh, 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 yeah. and not have a clue how to keep that duality in their head. It, it comes back to the group again, um, because I, I've got a player who rolls low searching for traps and then doesn't want to open the door. And I have to explain to him, your character has no reason to not want to open the door. And it doesn't real, make sense. Right? That is such a good... That, that could be an entire topic as well. Yeah, the, the exact same player also will see something interesting going on with a different group of the... When the party splits, a different group has something interesting going on and will want to go over there. And I think, Or is suddenly making perception checks. Yeah. Like, can I hear that? Can I hear that? Yeah. I don't like the lockpicking things. I have a bad feeling I'm doing the lockpicking in this current campaign. I'm a little nervous about this all of a sudden. Yeah. Another old school technique, or at least I've always used that as an old school technique, is that lockpicking and perception checks are not rolled by the player. They're rolled by the DM. Yeah. Or like that. So, so you never know. Which I've considered However, doing. DM bookkeeping issue. No. I hate bookkeeping. That is just more bookkeeping for me. Mm-hmm. The other problem that I have with it is it's fun to roll dice and you're taking dice rolling away from yeah. the players. Yeah. So yeah, so I think it, it, it comes down to the group so much because if you can put together a group where you can say, okay, these are everyone's secrets in the, in the background, that's great. I would say though, myself as a player, I wouldn't like that. Um, because I like weaseling out of other people's and secrets it. and discovering them. Um, mm-hmm. And I like also dropping my own secrets slowly and seeing who picks up on what. Yeah, I can see the value there. Right? I, I'm not totally I'm not totally in the one camp. I just I have had a lot of fun with games, oh yeah, where it's an open book. So the insight check is I can see where like the insight check might go, well, I know, but my player doesn't know. So does my player have an inkling that something's going on? I would rather that player, though, rather than ask for an insight check, you just decide. Does your player start to become suspicious? Does your player just buy into this story, hook, line, and sinker? I, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I think I would prefer that. In an if, ideal world. In an ideal world yes. with with a very curated group of players where I know that you everyone and I are in, that. John and I are in an interesting situation in that we don't... The groups that we're playing with, for example, at the Devil's Bench, are not friends. They're they might be. You haven't met yet. They might be bothered that I said said that about them. So they, I don't. I don't mean it. They've in become a, friends. Sure, but former strangers. But they are not like. These are your first time meeting these people. They're new exactly, classes, right? And they are. They are still essentially paying me for entertainment. There is mm-hmm. some pay coming to the DM, so I am getting paid for their entertainment. And it's not just. Uh, yeah, I'm a whore. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I'm a whore. I'm sorry. I, I wear G-strings to the bench. You can touch Jeremy, them. Jeremy, tips, Jeremy. Tips right here. Tips right here. Um, but, yeah, you, they're not they're not my they're not my social circle, I guess. And I, I don't even like to say that because I've been to some of their houses now to play D&D. So. Yeah. Colleen and I met you in the we situation. We were bench. players for you. Yeah. And now you've been in our games. We've been in your games. We've come to some of your own uh, things. But, but the point is they're not curated. These games are not curated. Yeah. yeah. So I know that, Jason, you're a big proponent of your character bubble. I have a bubble. Yeah. So would you... What if, if Jonathan enacted that at the table? Someone made an insight check 
and then looked to you and said, how is, what would they read from your character? And it should be truthful because they rolled a high insight. Would you be comfortable giving up information that way? Okay, once again, this is hard because we've never had this happen. No, it has not happened on our table. We don't use that. And we've never had even a secret, like somebody with a secret at the table that I'm aware of. Of course not. It's a secret. But I mean, we've played several okay. campaigns. Jason and I have only recently started playing Dungeons and yeah. Dragons together again. Yes. I have had secrets at my table. Oh. Not in the game that you've been involved in, but we've had some doozies. <laughs> like, with the I don't remember sense. anything ever affecting gameplay or coming up as a, oh my gosh, this changes everything. I don't ever remember even sitting there thinking, oh, I should roll... It sounds hard. I've never been in that situation. I didn't realize before we talked about this topic a couple days ago that that situation even existed. I've never been in a game where I was like, I think somebody's over there trying to sabotage the party and they're up to something and I want to know what's going on. It's not necessarily sabotaging the party. Sometimes another player is going to play secreted and close to the chest. And there's going to be another player at the table that goes, I want to know what that's all about. And rather than role playing and trying to pull the threads out and find out what it's all about, they go, I want an insight check. I'm going to cash it all in right now. This goes back to my, if if his secret and the way he wants to play and the game he's playing doesn't negatively affect my character or the game I'm playing and that's what's bringing him joy and it's in his bubble, then that's him getting to enjoy that game. No, absolutely. Somebody's trying to reach into your bubble and pull out a thread. Let's talk about you, Ryan. Okay. Eukariah mm-hmm. has lots of rumors that go around. Yes. That say he has done great things. Yes. You are playing Eukariah in such a way that that is not a truth. Eukariah did one great thing and has ridden that into the sunset. One hit wonder. Okay. Let's say Giddon is not aware that you're a one hit wonder. He's, he is, he's, Hearing all these things about you. And at some point, Jeff, who plays Giddon, says, I want to make an insight check on... Like, you tell a tale. Mm -hmm. He goes, I want to make an insight check on that and see if Giddon is really all this that he's saying he is. Once again, this goes back to why I said I wasn't going to discuss this. (laughs) Um, In that, I don't have a very broad base on that. Jeff's my friend. We're role-playing. If he's like, this is what I want to do... That's fine. We're going to get a couple laughs out of it. Like, it's not going to... At no point in time does my game suddenly be like... But are you content if he rolls a decent insight check to say, no, you think maybe Eukariah is not... Personally, because of the way I play, I would rather him say, you know what? I'm not so sure about some of these stuff. I would rather see him role play it out. You want role play, not And I would have some of that. If he was like, no, what really is going to bring me happiness is rolling this dice. And I'm like, well, can we role play a little bit of it afterwards? That's fine. That's fine. If that's what he needs to get to walk out of here at the end of the session and go, oh my god, I had a really cool session. Mm-hmm. We rolled yeah. those dice and there was that interaction. I just want to have fun with my friends when I play. Yeah. That's that's what it is. In the end, I don't... I'm so not even I'll, worried about... I'll field this to you now. Conflict. I'll what? field this to you now. So you, you've allowed insight checks and things like that with your players. Mm-hmm. Does that ever lead to... I'm allowed to roll insight checks against them. I'm allowed to roll persuasion. It never has. Has it ever led to that? So I am also, if I need to, I can attack them. Okay. The first question you asked, has it ever led to, okay, therefore I can. No. 
the second one, are they going to attack? I can absolutely see it coming to blows it, within that group. I are am, we talking about your current campaign? Yeah. At some point, I want Kairos to be attacked. Yes. I I can actually see a, a, a fight happening between between your uh, Kairos and Kristoff. Mm. Because when two power mad people are going after the same thing, that does not end well ever. No, um, I am I'm I'm rubbing my hands at this. Yeah. Um, then I can absolutely see. Slash. Okay, but you and I, prior to the campaign starting, I told you that Kairos was not going to be a nice person. No, that Kairos was probably going to do some very bad things. And if it if it ever came to that, the party killed Kairos, I would be okay. With You're that. okay with that, yeah. And again, consent. Right. So exactly. I, as a DM, but, would think about what can, what things people have said to me behind the screens, mm-hmm. and then I would DM in that manner. So if it, so for example, if if if, if Sliven suddenly said, "I want to attack Rithia," I would say, "Hang on, Jonathan, and we need to talk about this because Rith, I know Rithia is player in that way." But if if Kristoff suddenly said, "I want to attack Kyrus," I would absolutely allow that without question because I know that you and that's the DM's job behind the screen is to know the lay of the land and intervene where necessary and allow other things where mm. necessary. But again, mm. that's the group and that's the players. Is that what you were asking? I, in a roundabout way, yes. I, I guess what I was saying is by allowing me to roll social dice against you. Are you allowing... Are you death? then yeah. opening the door for me to go, I can roll other things against you? For instance, yeah. like, I have asked for... Even though I'm not one for social dice PvP, I have on many a times when a rogue has decided to slip something in his pocket, asked for a sleight of hand, mm. and then checked passive perceptions to see if anybody in the party noticed them slip that thing away. Yes. I like the insight check for deciding which way am I going to go with this particular discussion but i like this crossroad has come in the game and i'll use my insight check against another player to decide which way i want to go but i really think that can come down to they can just roll a dice off however we will we have not named our little podcast or whatever the hell this thing is this uh this discussion group we're going to be having we do intend to have some other dms on to talk about different subjects if i can find things that are Oh, this is so in their wheelhouse. I don't see there being any trouble. No, no. So what we're looking for a name. So we're going to ask our two guests, John and Colleen, to suggest a name. You can each suggest one. You can suggest multiple. So old men rolling dice. Old men rolling dice is kind of our umbrella that we're under. Like We've got old men rolling dice colon. Sure. Then it's something else. Yeah, because we have our live play. How about not just old men rolling dice? <laughs> yeah, that would be. How about and talking about it? <laughs> and talking about it. And just name the show and talking about it. And people who come to it not knowing the the old men rolling dice part will be so confused. Do you have a suggestion, Colleen? You're thinking. I like that. She thinks. Can you tell from the steam coming out of my ears? Yeah. The cogs are turning. Um, we could call it the cogs are turning. That's really good, actually. It is pretty good. Our our the logo the logo has cogs in it. I'm trying to th- I uh, I don't know. Um, I think that might I'm be it. Got it right there. I think that might be it. I'm trying to make it more D and D with like the the dice are rolling, but I like the cogs are turning or the cogs are rolling. Talking shrunken heads. <laughs> Talking <laughs> shrunken heads. Wow. I, I thought of that because I was trying to like think of play of like t- on talking heads and uh, a, a player has recently suggested uh, told me that a, a, a character they want to play has sh- shrunken heads that talk on their staff 
awesome. And yeah, and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. They're can not can fully, the player do voices? Uh, well, they're not fully aware <coughs> that that's actually the DM who's supposed to play the shrunken heads. They want the DM to play the shrunken heads. Well, I do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they are not aware that's a thing. Like I thought that was a thing. Like uh, basically all the. Semi low level NPCs. Ooh, it's yeah. technically like like familiars are always in control of the DM, right? Here's the best part: because there's multiple heads. You can simply go one heads through one for four of mine. You can have <laughs> five and six, right? And then you could technically have arguments That's and conversations right. between heads. Yes. Well, shall we wrap there? Absolutely. Do you want to sign us off? No. You don't want to do our sign off from from Old Man Rolling Dice. Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. It smells like fun there. <laughs> you say that every time too. <laughs>